Welcome to this early signing day Young Terps special from the Viner Fourgate studio. This is your host, Mason Viner, and today I'll be joined by our annual signing day guest, Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times, joins me on the podcast to discuss the Terps class and some of the remaining targets. He also, uh, we go over some basketball recruiting and what you should be looking at uh, for there. Before we get to Dave, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Ally Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource to host your event as safe as possible in these trying times. For all of your tents, chairs, linens, and china, and your other accessories that you need, Allied is the place to go. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, contact Allied at 301 986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com uh, I don't have much to say here great class from the Terps um, seemed like the coaching staff was really happy and with that let's get to Dave well it's becoming tradition here on the Young Terps podcast to have uh, always one of my favorite conversations of the year one of the more hopeful conversations of the year and of course, Dave Lamonico joins us. Dave, uh, happy snowy si- early signing day to you. Yeah, yeah, it's Christmas Day for for Maryland fans, for Terps fans, and uh, uh, yeah, it is. A, it's a white Christmas this year, I guess, and it's a it's a pretty happy one. Maryland has their uh, maybe their second highest rated recruiting class in the last twenty years. So um, yeah, great day for Terps fans out there. So yeah, let's get into do. it, Mason. You just mentioned that, one of the highest-rated classes in a long time. What sticks out to you? You know, Kind of give us the overview. Who do you like a lot? Who do you think may be uh, more of a developmental guy? Yeah, well, in the past, when I've been doing this with you guys for a while, and there, there was always a, a lot of developmental guys, guys that you're sort of, you know, maybe those fringe three-star guys that you're hoping maybe a couple years down the line will be contributors, maybe rotational pieces. Um, and there are a couple in this class like that, but for the most part, and you never know, cause you know, guys fall off, guys don't live up to their rankings and things like that. But from what I've seen, um, you know, th- these guys all look like they're going to be solid contributors and a lot of them are going to end up being starters. Um, and a good amount, um, are probably going to end up pushing into the rotations right away. Uh, so it's, it's a really, it's a really strong looking class. Um, uh, you know, I would have, I would have really liked gotten to see the 15 local guys in person um i haven't seen a lot of these guys since like their sophomore years or or a little bit i guess last year too um and i probably would have a better idea of some of them and how they developed i really wanted to see a guy like tommy king um who was mainly a basketball player and just started to really come on this year so that's kind of hard for some evaluators to really look at because we were only just able to see like highlights off of their junior years, but um, at first blush, looks like a really, really solid group. Um, if you want me to get into specifics with guys, um, like I said, I really like um, some of the guys with high upside that are kind of raw. That you know, we're going to see how they develop. Like, um, like Tommy King Besot out of Flowers, uh, Terrence Butler out of St. Francis, and his teammate Zion Shockley. Um, you know, these are all guys that are that are a little bit raw. That that uh, you know. Uh, that have time, have room to develop, and even even their top rated guy, Demian Robinson, he's nowhere near his peak. He's still got to put on 15, 20 pounds, and um, he has to sort of refine his fundamentals a little bit. He's got upside too. 
Um, so those are a couple off the top of my head um, that are that are guys that, that have some serious upside um, that I really like. And then, you know, guys like Brandon Jennings, he's already ready. I mean, what you see is what you get. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much how much more he can really develop except for, you know, football IQ and things. But I mean, that guy looks ready to play um, right there. So um, yeah, I, I guess if you wanted to talk about specific players, go ahead. I definitely think that about Jennings too. And, and that would have been a guy for me that would have been local down there in Jacksonville, a Sandalwood uh, player. Right. Kind of rare though to see a guy in Jacksonville really quickly have to Jacksonville nerd out or really rare to see a guy out of Sandalwood uh, make it big. That's not generally the, one of the bigger football schools down there. Right. What right. I do I need to, yeah. yeah. What I do need to mention and ask you about is with so many players coming out of the DMV for Maryland, and football being restricted around here. Do you think these guys are going to be behind, as opposed to a guy like Jennings that had this season? Uh, it's it's really tough to say. It's really tough to say. I think may, maybe a little bit. I think a guy like Terrence Butler, who has only been playing football for a couple of years, a guy like a Kingbo so they could have really used um this season, I think. Besides, I mean, I know they work with trainers and they've done their, you know, off season conditioning and, and things like that. And Andre Porter, he went and left for Pennsylvania so he could play this year and get the development because he didn't play last year. He was hurt at Baloo and um and so he hadn't even played since his sophomore year, so it was good for him to get some game action. But, yeah, I think it really would have helped some of those guys that are there a little more raw. Um, even a guy like Robinson probably could have used it. Um, some of the guys that have been playing for a while, you know, the Colby McDonald's, the, 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 the Ty Johnsons from St. John's, those guys have, have sort of already proven themselves. Um, you, you, you always get better by playing more, but um, yeah. Maybe some of the raw, more raw guys might take a little more time because they didn't have this year to play. Yeah, now getting into the specifics, my first guy that I want to ask you about is Antoine Littleton Jr. out of St. John's. Uh, mm -hmm. The official release has him listed as a running back. I know that it's mentioned that he may play a little bit of linebacker for Maryland. What, what's your feeling on the four-star running back? Uh, out of St. John's. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to see what happens with Littleton. I mean, th th this is a guy who insists he wants to play running back. The stamp is bringing one as a running back. Um, and I think I, I wrote, um, they, he's not a guy that they want to rip off 70-yard runs or or take it on counter moves to the outside. They, they want him for one thing and one thing only, and that's they're going to give it to him and let him pound away at the middle of the defense. Um, that's what he's going to be asked to do. That's what they want him for. And I think they're going to give him every opportunity to do that. Now, um, you know, if he – and he has quick enough – he has really quick feet for a guy that's six feet, 265 pounds. Um, so I, I think he has the capability to do it. Um, but I mean, I don't think that he's Jerome Bettis either. I mean, he's not gonna, <laughs> I don't think that he's gonna, he's gonna rip off five yard runs and things like that. So there's, there is a possibility he could become more of a nose tackle or downhill. I mean, if he slims down more of an inside linebacker type, that, that that's a possibility that we've always sort of kept in mind, but they're going to give him every shot to be a running back. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and moving on, another guy that I want to ask you about is Dante Trader Jr. Uh, coming out of McDonough in Baltimore, uh, six foot, one hundred eighty-five pounds, uh, three-star. He's also committed to play lacrosse for the Terps. What do you know about him? Yeah, he's up to one eighty-five now. He's he's uh, built up a little bit. Um, yeah, I actually Dante is one of the few guys in this class. Um, him and Jayon Venerable because they they were on board so early um, that I actually got to evaluate and see. Um, because that was last year, so I saw them during their younger years. I liked I liked Trader a lot. 
um, when I saw him play for uh, for McDonough. I saw him play against the Mount St. Joe uh, last fall. And um, just a, it looks like a really instinctual guy. They had him sort of sit in center field. Um, just uh, look, it definitely has a high football IQ and had a lot of range on the back end of that defense. Um, and I think he's going to end up playing safety, free safety from Maryland as well. Um, and, you know, if, if it doesn't work out for him, he's got his lacrosse scholarship and he's going to be a pretty good lacrosse player from Maryland as well. So. Yeah, I think so. The number five rated lacrosse player in the class of 2021, according to Inside Lacrosse, uh, not a better school. Yep. I don't think you could have picked uh, if you want to, you know, live out that lacrosse dream and also have a shot to get on the football field to Maryland. Kind of reminds you of, yeah, I guess, Will Yateman back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a couple guys that that was the one that came to mind. But I think there was a couple others as well that did that. So, yeah. Moving on down to a player out of Florida that I really like. Got to see him on ESPN earlier this year. Is Weston Wolf a tight end, Maryland? Uh, adding between three and four tight ends. I believe one of the St. Francis commits, uh, the team has listed as a fullback. You had him listed as a tight end. But Weston Wolf, more of a uh, pass catcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's just that's just for categorical things. I, I, I didn't really list him as a tight end. Um, we I just don't have an H-back category, so I just sort of stuck him there. Um, Yeah, he's going to be an H-back fullback, Behrens. That's Joey Behrens. And, you know, real tough kid. Um, Just a classic old-school fullback, um, sort of in the – Sam Gash, Michael Stock type of deal there. Um, so, yeah, that was a good addition. His nickname is Hammerhead, which I love. And um, they got you asked me about Weston Wolf, who um, I think, uh, uh, to, well, between him and CJ Dipper, the other tight end out of Pennsylvania, they're two completely different players. But Wolf is probably the best, the best natural tight end that, that Maryland's bringing in. Um, you know, caught over 100 passes in three years. Um, he was a main focal point, um, played receiver and tight end. Um, he's going to have to, I mean, he's going to have to really bulk up to to play in line if, if, if he's ever asked to do that. But Maryland's probably going to split him out and flex him out. And he, he really is that dynamic field stretcher type. Um, who can get down the field, make plays over the middle, um, you know, uh, make plays in the flats and things like that. Um, Maryland, um, they have a guy like that, Nakonkwo, who was hurt this year, and uh, Wolf is sort of a taller version of what um, what Nakonkwo was able to do for Maryland last year. Um, so um, hopefully he'll come in and he should make an immediate impact because he, he's he's probably the most ready of three tight ends they signed. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to when I was looking at what this class may need, I went back and pulled up some of Coach Loxley's kind of scheme from Alabama that he's tried to apply to Maryland. And this guy, between Chigakonkwo and uh, Wolf coming in, that position is missing right now. And I think I think that's a very obvious hole when you when you look at what they've been able to do. And this is certainly, along with the other tight ends that they brought in, uh, a very, very much needed uh, additions for uh, Coach Loxley's scheme. Right, right, right. No doubt. No doubt. Tight end was a big thing. Um, they missed one last year. Um, I I think I threw threw a little bit of shade at Mike Miller because of how many tight ends he missed last year, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but he he made up for it uh, in in this class and signed uh, signed three uh, two. Four, what we're gonna see what happens with husbands. Um, I think he's got to do a little bit. He's got a little bit more development. Um, a little more raw than the other two, but definitely has upside as a receiver. And then Dipper, um, uh, just a straight inline guy. He's like 265 pounds. Um, can get down the seam and make plays with um, you know. The, the, but we're going to see if uh, he develops his receiving skills. Might end up becoming an offensive lineman if he can't, but um, will start out as a blocking tight end at Maryland. So what is the situation, and uh, this one's kind of off the cuff for me, 
What's the situation with the current tight end unit moving forward? Guys like uh, Tyler Baylor that moved over from the defensive line, do they go back, or do you think they stay there? Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I, I would think that, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, to Baylor, I think Baylor might have had a catch this year, um, so that, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I guess we're going we're gonna to have to see. Um, it depends, I guess, how quickly these guys develop and, uh, and how quickly, uh, I mean, I don't know how Baylor's really developed as a as a as a receiver or um, he he did okay I guess as a blocker so um, I, that's going to be determined in the off season I guess can't really answer that right now. Yeah, and a position that I feel like Maryland may have under uh, undersold this year is the offensive line. They bring in one guy, Kyle Long, out of St. Louis, uh, six six, three hundred sixteen pounds. Uh, not the highest rated guy, but definitely has some size. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the one, uh, I think you asked me first about developmental guys. Mm-hmm. He is the definition of the developmental guy. Um, there's a couple others that, that are going to have like husbands and things like that, but Kyle Long is probably the most, he's the guy that that's going to take, take some time. We'll see. You might not hear his name for a couple of years, maybe even three years. Um, there's a purely developmental guy. We'll see what Reagan can do with him. He's definitely got the length, definitely has the, you know, the arm length and the size, and we'll just see, uh, you know, how much work he puts in and uh, if he's able to pick things up. So, Yeah, I feel like we've heard that a lot with the offensive line recruiting uh, last year. You know, guys like Marcus Finger, you know, they've just brought in a lot of developmental guys. Do you think they have the opportunity? I know they're after one more offensive lineman that just announced that he'll be com- decommitted from Texas, uh, I believe, another yeah. guy out of Jacksonville. Right. Uh, do you think they may be getting into trouble with the offensive line and, and who they're taking? It's not. It's yeah. It's 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 sort of it's kind of tough to say. Um, trouble, maybe a little bit. They haven't been able to get the the higher rated guys like you know the, the Derwin Grays, the Damian Princes that they were able to get in, in years past. Um, some of the there's only been a couple, two, maybe one or two guys that are that were in the DMV that were top rated um, offensive linemen the past couple of years. And neither of them seriously considered Maryland. Um, a couple of them gave Maryland lip service. I think the kid had a good counsel, but they were never coming here. Um, so those were kind of misses. And then, you know, it's really hard to get top rated offensive linemen and defensive linemen for that matter, um, just because they're, they're in short supply and they typically get um, snatched up by the Alabama as the Clemson's, um, the Jordan for the world and things like that. Um, so it's tough to recruit out of state guys that are, that are that highly rated because, you know, um, why would you, why would a guy from Florida that's four or five stars want to come to Maryland when, um, you know, Alabama, Miami are calling. So, I mean, that's, that's tough to do. Um, and then when you're not able to keep the one or two guys, um, in your home state, that, that, that kind of does get you in a little bit of trouble, but it's up to Reagan and these guys to develop the, uh, to develop the, the sort of low three-star guys that they were able to bring in, like the Kyle Longs and the guys they got last year, um, which is, I, you know, that they did go, they did go Juco. They got a couple of Juco guys that maybe are more college ready. We'll see what the, the Delmar Glazes of the world are able to do. Um, um, it's, it's just going to take some time. So, you know, we'll see. The offensive line hasn't played in, you know, the Jalen Duncan's developed. Um, Spencer Anderson looks looks fine. Um, 
you know, Marcus Miners here for another year. Evan Gregory's finally stepped up. So in the immediate future, um, I think the offensive line is going to be okay, but we'll just see how these guys, the depth guys, really uh, really pick up. So. Yeah, and Coach Reagan's one of my favorite guys on the staff, and I think he's done so far really a really nice job of at least putting some consistency in coaching at a position that just hasn't had it uh, for years at, at Maryland. But guys like Mason Lunsford and um, I saw Ja'Kai Green out there on Saturday, they, they looked uh, better than expected, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that, that that's that would be an accurate statement. Um, certainly, uh, you know, I did not – I was not a fan of Jalen Duncan last year. Um, you know, uh, didn't necessarily love Ja'Kai Green when I watched him in person. And those guys have, uh, you know, those guys have, have stepped up and improved. So that, that's a credit to Reagan, and that's a credit to the staff to um, to getting these guys to getting these guys ready. And what we'll see, um, you know, uh, Lunsford had a little bit of trouble um, when he started uh, the last game there. So, um, but you know, and you know, Marcus Finger, we'll see what happens with him. Um, but it, like like I said, it all remains to be seen. It remains what, what Reagan's able to do, and who's able to take to the coaching. So, um, yep. Yeah, and another back to the guys that Maryland brought in a position that I thought Maryland was. Uh, somewhat drastically under recruiting, but it seems like the uh, squad of guys they brought in are are doing a great job as defensive back. They only get one guy, another Jacksonville, Florida guy from Trinity Christian, uh, Corey Cooley Jr. Dave, what can we expect out of him? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, to, I like, I like. Is it Cooley or Coley? I thought it was Coley. It's Coley. It's Coley. Um, my bad. Coley. Yeah. I know he's good. Um, yeah, I like I liked his film a lot. Um, obviously, I'm not able to see the Florida guys in person, um, but he's a guy that that mainly played safety, moved over a corner occasionally for them. But um, but Maryland likes those bigger corners. They they like how they match up and their help how they can be physical and coverage. Um, you see that with Tarheeb still a uh, six foot guy. They brought in Coley, six foot one. Um, they like his length. Um, you know that they like his his physicality. And uh, he definitely has very good ball skills. I uh, can go up and get it. Um, so uh, I think he, he fits the bill of what Maryland Maryland wants in a in a cornerback. And uh, he should be a he should be a guy that that contributes pretty early in his career. Um, not sure he'll break into the rotation right away with so many good young defensive backs like Deontay Banks and uh, and still there. But he's somebody that that should see the field um, pretty pretty soon in his career. Yeah, speaking of still, Dave, massive props to you. I think you called that one and said that he was the steal of the, the class last year. I, I can't remember everything I said. If I did, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I think you I, did I, say I, it, I, so so I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Uh, a spot where I'll, Maryland, I'll <laughs> a spot where Maryland didn't bring in too many guys out of Northern Virginia. They get one receiver, Ty Felton. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised the Terps haven't been uh, doing more in Northern Virginia, but uh, they bring in Felton. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just depends what um, it depends what kind of recruits. Northern Virginia can be hit or miss with recruits. Some sometimes uh, sometimes it can be a little. It goes year to year with that area. Um, sometimes Woodbridge has a lot. Sometimes they don't. Um, I, I didn't really look to see how many they really had uh, in those area, in those schools down there this year. But um, and then Maryland doesn't have. I mean. I know that Chris Beatty was a more of a seven five seven guy, but he was uh, he also helped out in the, in Northern Virginia as well because he had he had ties all over the state. So not having him is uh, you know Maryland might not do as well in Virginia, uh, 
as it as it as it might might have in the past under the uh, the Durkin regime. Um, so, but that's not really a, a huge concern. Um, but Ty Felton, you know, a guy that that came off an ACL injury, um, uh, didn't get a chance to really show what he could do because wasn't able to play. But uh, definitely has all the talent in the world. I I really liked his uh you know his size, his length, his ability to get down the field. Um, he's really aggressive in the air. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely another promising receiver they brought in. Uh, oh, a good route runner, too. So um, he's probably, you know, he wasn't as highly rated as a guy they brought in like Isaiah Hazel. But I think um, I think that he might end up being – I mean, Hazel really hasn't done a whole lot. He had, and he switched sides of the ball. I think Felton's a little more refined of a receiver and could have a higher upside there than when they brought in Isaiah Hazel. So, um, you know, uh, but, but we'll see. He hasn't been able to play um, – yeah, because he came off at ACL, he's only been able to do seven on seven stuff. So he's another guy that you know probably could have benefited from having this season to really show he could do. Yeah, circling back around uh, to the offense, we we already hit on Littleton. The other two running backs the Terps brought in, uh, Hemby and McDonald. What did they get out of those two guys? Given that they're starting to bring in a lot of running backs, three this class, two last class. Uh, it's going to be a packed backfield. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, different facts too. So, um, Mc, Mc, McDonald's more of a straight ahead, uh, one cut and go guy between the tackles, um, has a little bit of shake, but isn't going to make too many guys miss. Isn't going to really turn the corner. Um, kind of a North and South guy, uh, has okay speed, not breakaway speed. Um, hits the holes pretty well, has a really good vision, patient, reads his blocks well. Um, sort of, he sort of almost reminds me of a of a bigger, not quite as fast version of a of a Lolo Harrison, with just how he runs, with how he's patient behind his blocks and his vision and things like that. Um, we'll see. We'll see what McDonald's able to do. Um, I'm not too sure on him yet. We got I got to see more. Um, and then uh, Hemby is a guy I really like. Um, I wasn't able to see John Carroll. Um, uh, last last fall, I wasn't able to, to watch Hemby at all. John Carroll's not a school that I normally get to. They don't have Division One recruits every year. So um, uh, would have definitely liked to have seen him this year. But from his film, you know, looks like a guy that can do a, a variety of things, make plays in the passing game. He's he's tough up the middle. Um, you know, he's he's really good between the tackles. He'll, he has a good base. He'll run through arm tackles. He'll drag the pile. Um, and then he has enough speed to uh, to break away from linebackers. He's not going to consistently hit the home run, but he's a track guy. He definitely has some has some quickness to him and some acceleration and burst. So yeah, Hemby, Hemby might end up being uh, the best running back in this class um, at first blush. We'll see what what happens. And then uh, I just have to ask you about this guy because it was a recent uh, addition to the class. Uh, Daryl Jackson out of Havana, Florida. They just picked him up a flip from was it Tennessee? Um, well, so he uh, he decommitted from Tennessee, and then um, in late November, and then committed to Maryland like a week and a half or something like that later. Um, so it wasn't really a flip, but close enough. So yes, um, that's one that um, you know I. <laughs> the kid the kid wasn't doing interviews and still hasn't done any so i was trying to figure out exactly what happened there um i don't really want to i kind of know but i don't really want to speculate and then have people come back at me but um but yeah uh, we'll see what he, he's one that i don't know as much about um just because he came on our radars late and uh 
you know, I mean, Maryland offered him, Brian Williams offered that kid like a year ago, but, you know, they, Maryland offers like 500 kids and then, you know, doesn't really heavily recruit them or most of them. Um, so he wasn't a guy that we really had on our radar, especially after he committed to Tennessee. And then even when he decommitted, um, it was kind of like, okay, but, you know, Maryland decided to take another defensive end and, uh, and they went after him. Um, he's another guy. I mean, he didn't play football until 2019, so he's raw. Um, and, you know, he looks like he has some upside to him. He's a strong side guy. He's got some bulk. He's a strong side end. Like, I think he's, what, 250 pounds, something like that, 260. So um, it could be another uh, Masili Kite type. Um, but we'll see. He's got some he's got some work to do. He's probably not going to be a guy that's an early contributor, but may need a maybe a year or two of development there. Yeah, and he's listed at six five two fifty eight. Okay. So wrapping up uh, the early signing day, and then we'll talk a little bit about the four guys you have left on your hot board. Who do you think makes that immediate impact? I'll, I'll go with on the defensive line first because that's where they brought in the most guys. Um, in terms of, in terms, just in terms of the entire class, they just signed the twenty-one. They signed today. Well, I said in terms of the defensive line specifically, where they brought in the most guys. Who do you think really sees playing time first? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robinson, Robinson will probably. Well, the thing is, it comes with a caveat because, um, because Maryland has some has some defensive linemen that are. <laughs> I mean, Nasili Kite and Amy, Amy Finau are coming back next year. So, um, you know, and then who knows what, uh, with, you know, with the COVID, if, who, what senior is going to come back if uh, Quayanono comes back or things like that. So um, some of those guys might, might take up some spots for some of the younger guys. And then Anthony Booker obviously has gotten more playing time and he'll be back. So um, we'll see what, who's able to break into the rotation. But, yeah, uh, Demi Robinson, uh either as an outside – I want to see what they cast him as. If they, they make him an outside linebacker or put him as a jack or they try to balk him up as a defensive end, it's uh, it's going to be interesting what their plan is for him. But um, he, he's a guy with his pass rushing ability, should should definitely make an impact right away. Um, and then, you know, uh, Ty Johnson, um, it, it's going to depend how quickly he develops and, you know, works on his fundamentals. He definitely has the talent to – to be a rotational guy right away. Um, that's tough for a freshman to do in the Big Ten. But, um, you know, it just depends on how much he works uh, and uh, what he's able to what he's able to get done this offseason. The other guys are probably, uh, you know, the, the young Jack guys, um, you know, Bam Booker when he signs, um, you know, Terrence Butler, they, they're probably going to need a year. Uh, to really uh, to really build up and get their fundamentals down, um, and then a king a king to show another basketball player like I said is probably going to need a year to uh, to really uh, or maybe a year or two to really uh, build up and, and be ready for big time big big ten competition. But the two I would look for would be uh, would be Robinson and uh, and and Johnson that could probably probably see the field pretty early during their careers. All right, and then circling back to the guys the Terps are still pursuing on your hot board right now, uh, two guys from Jacksonville on the offensive line, Austin Barber, and I'm not going to butcher his name, but I'll just call him Mike M. Maybe you can help me out with uh... – Yeah, Mislinski. Yeah, Mislinski. Mislinski. Yeah, his, uh, his dad played, uh, played in the NFL for a little bit there. Um, yeah, or at Tennessee, I mean. And, uh, yeah, uh, right. Both of these guys are guys they've been on for a little while. Um, Barber was a Minnesota decommit. 
uh, I think a month or two ago, and uh, Maryland's been on him. They offered him um, as soon as he decommitted, and they've been trying. They've done like a virtual visit with him. Um, not sure how receptive he's been. I think he's looking at a couple others. Miami was a big one because he's from Florida, and Miami did offer. Um, so that looks like he might be a tough pull from there. Mislinski is a guy that that we really thought that Maryland was in good position for, especially after he came to campus. He took a when you were allowed to travel. He came up here without and did a, he did like his own tour with while FaceTiming the coaches as he walked around campus, which was, which was kind of cool. And, um, you know, he really enjoyed it and seemed to really like Maryland, but um, the, Michigan state at the time had the edge. And then he really liked the tradition of Iowa. Um, Iowa had some issues and ended up going with Texas when Texas pushed for him. We weren't sure they were, but they did. Had, had something happen. I, I didn't read in the situation. Something happened. He decommitted from Texas. Um, maybe he was ousted. I, I don't want to. I really didn't look that deeply into it why he decided to decommit. But um, now it looks like he's looking at, at Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, and he's still keeping Texas in play as well. Um, what he ends up doing uh, remains to be seen. Um, you know, the, I, I can't really say at this point. Um, it's gonna. He, he's probably gonna sit back and evaluate things because uh, he, he has a couple months now before he has to sign. So, um, but he's one that's on the radar there for as far as offensive. I mean, and there could be other offensive linemen that crop up too. We'll see. Um, I don't think that they're gonna necessarily reach for a guy. Um, this next month or two because they did sign six last year. Um, but they would ideally like to bring in at least the tackle. And then um, I know they'd like to bring in a center um, if it's, if it's Mizzolinski. So, And then you have two guys at the linebacker spot, Trace Campbell from good council and Terrence Lewis, the five-star from Miami. Yeah. Tr- Trace, Cam- it's, Trace Campbell. I'm not sure we're, we're, we're going to see what happens with that one. I'm not sure he's going to necessarily be a take or not. It's good. Cause the, I mean, the numbers are getting tight. And especially with guys coming back, if guys come back next year because, you know, the scholarships and things like that, they're going to fill. So we're going to see if, they, if they're going to have room um, for Trace Campbell. Um, and uh, But obviously he's the brother of uh, Chance Campbell, um, pretty dynamic athlete, um, can play linebacker, maybe even bulk up and play some defensive end too. So it would be it, it would be good if they were, were able to bring him in, but we'll see. And then uh, Terrence Lewis, um, the five-star, he would be the highest-rated recruit um, since maybe, um, I'm not sure if he's, it was higher. I'm not sure if he's higher rated than Kim Jarrett or not. He's, he's pretty much, he's up there. He's, he's really good. Um, and, but I think I posted this, uh, you know, kind of mercurial, um, uh, kind of, uh, marches to his own beat. So, uh, there's all kinds of information flying around about him. Um, you know, he decommits from Tennessee and then puts Tennessee among his finalists with Maryland, um, Auburn was thought to have an inside track and then he didn't even include Auburn, but maybe he's not including Auburn because he wants to surprise everybody and pick Auburn anyway. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And with the staff, it, they're anything, getting, yeah, it could yeah. be, I mean, anything could happen with that. I mean, like I said, I think I said, typical Florida recruit, typical high, high, highly rated Florida recruit. So, um, you know, we'll see if, if Maryland's willing to play that dance or, or dance that dance with them. Um, I think, I, I think they are there. I mean, Brian Williams has done as well as, as, uh, as he can. Can and we'll see if they're able to bring him in. He'd be sort of icing on the cake. They don't necessarily need him now that they got Brandon Jen. I mean, um, you know, with Brandon Jennings on board and, and uh, you know, and Jeremy Spragans and, and guys like that. But uh, yeah, he would definitely be a welcome addition and probably start from day one at Maryland um, if he's everything that he come if he comes as advertised. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, and that's kind of the football rundown there. 
Uh, really quickly, anything going on with basketball recruiting that, that people need to keep their eyes out for? Um, not necessarily anything imminent right now. Um, it's hurting because they don't, they're not, they're not playing a lot of these guys. Um, they've had some tournaments here and there. And, um, obviously Maryland's been concentrating on their own season. Um, and you know, they haven't been able to bring guys in for visits or anything like that. They've done a couple virtual things. So, uh, nothing really imminent. They, I mean, they've got their 2022 guy there. I mean, guys like Judah Mintz and some of the local 2022 guys, they continue to, to prioritize, um, kid over at Spalding, um, whose name I'm forgetting, um, the forward, um, but yeah, they uh, they're still prioritizing the, uh, the the local 2022 kids, but nothing's really imminent with them right now. I don't think that they're going to get another early 2022 commitment, um, or it doesn't seem that way at least. Yeah, and that guy is, uh, I believe, Cam Whitemore. Yeah, 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 Cam Whitmore or Whitemore, right? Yeah, Whitmore, you got it right, Dave. All right, yep. and... so that's pretty much it. I think I think we hit it all. Yeah, I definitely think we we did. Uh, Dave, before you go, where can we see you on uh, Twitter? And, of course, Dave, always writing on TerrapinTimes.com. Yep, it's uh, at MDTerrapinTimes and then just TerrapinTimes.com. All right, Dave, as always, it was a pleasure, and thanks for joining us for another Signing Day show. All right, appreciate it, Mason. Thanks, man, appreciate it. And that was Terps recruiting expert Dave Lamonico of Terrapin Times. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Terrapin Times. Great Terps coverage year-round from Keith and Dave, two uh, good friends of Terp talking good friends of mine. Uh, stay on Terps recruiting and, and usually have the inside scoop before uh, the mass media does. And make sure to follow them at MD Terrapin Times on Twitter. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates in Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. If you need a provider that's reliable, locally-based, and is always there for you. Viner Forgates is your sole provider of IT in this area. You can reach them at 877-797-8776 or 301-251-2900. And Allied Party Rentals for all of your party rental needs, big or small. Allied's got you covered to have your event safely in these trying times. Jordan should be back by the next episode, this is my second one without him, but he's moving across the country, uh, back to the area for a little bit. And one huge shout-out that I have to give is to the guys over at Shell & Tell uh, for always hyping it up. They hyped up our last episode, and, and I really appreciate those guys and the support they give. Ryan and Fred, uh, shout-out to you guys. And also, uh, DK on Twitter, uh, thanks for always liking our posts, and, and I really appreciate all of you for listening. I know I say it at the end of the show, but really... Uh, Jordan and I both appreciate it, and especially those guys that are always giving us love on Twitter. And as always, thanks for listening.